Coming to you live, this is your MTG Action Forward News Team. Hello, this is MTG Action 4 News, your news team for keeping things fresh in the multiverse. I'm Mr. Combo number 5, providing you new ways to lose your friends. Then we have Big Tuck, your breaking news source. Yes, and remember everyone, sometimes it's better to jump before one is fatal pushed. Squee McGee getting you caught up with the meta traffic on the Weatherlight Report. I'm bringing you the beat on the street. Then we have the head of CMD Tower himself. Well, he's going to take a backseat to our very special guest, the godfather of EDH, also a member of the Rules Committee, Sheldon Mennery. Remember, kids, eat your vegetables, stay in school, and play your fogs. Yeah! <laughs> I love fog. Thank you. Thank you. That's one of my favorite cards. And stay tuned for a random part in this, because I know you SOBs would probably just try to listen to see who won the November giveaway of the Sir Gwen turned EDH Brawl deck. Uh, so yeah, you'll just have to tune in to a random part in the episode. Thank you for tuning in to your number 12 source of Magic the Gathering News. We are excited to one day be nominated for an Emmy Cruel, one could hope. Yeah, that's it. That's yep. the one. That's yeah. it right here. Coming up on 2020. Coming We're going to get yep. elected. I feel good. We're going to start off the top of the cast with the latest in Carnage that ensued with games with Live in a Dash. You know, of course, this is in the future. So this would have been two weekends ago. By the time people hear this, we had our annual November EDH tournament drinkathon thing. And uh, best one yet, yeah, for sure. By yeah. far, yeah. By, it was by a good a one. Country mile. We, we've now done this for four years in a row, give or take. Uh, and this is something, children, to where we have a, a list of rules to where if you take an extra turn, you have to take a drink. Right. First turn, you know, take a drink of your beer or whatever. Yeah, if you, um, and if you miss, if you miss a trigger, you drink. Like and you don't get your trigger. trigger. Yeah. Uh, and then I usually get like, and then we do like a little point system because we have like little prizes. So Mr. Combo is very generous and always gets these amazing prizes. Like it's so Absolutely, awesome. Yeah, yeah, the, he hosts. The spread a, was great. Yeah, it was a really, it's a really nice thing that he. Puts yeah, and, and one of the things I think you would appreciate, Sheldon, is I. Everyone comes out of the the event with some sort of legend that the rule is within by next November, you would have had to made a deck around that legend. And of course, I'll pick some good ones. Like I think yeah. Emery, Lurker of the Lock. Well, you also yeah. said you could put it in an existing deck too. Yeah, sure. It just needs to be used. So, uh, you know, we had like Emery, you know, the amazing blue artifact yeah. one that got printed in. I, had more, I got Morophon at the end of it, which Morophon. is amazing. So. But then we have things that are just super, super jank, like a couple years yeah. ago we had the cephaloid tribal yeah. one we had feather token <laughs> tribal uh so it, it definitely does all the gamut so the game that i want to talk about from that tournament it was myself squee mcgee and our friend's girlfriend uh basically the winter pod had pretty much already been set uh i had won one game <laughs> lost two just got annihilated and, and then this this was the last one that even if i won it it didn't matter uh so i knew for a fact that squee mcgee was saving his reese the redeem deck for me i knew it was gonna happen so when it when we got paired up i decided to bust out my geared populate deck which we're gonna be doing our debate later on this month at level one gaming yes, indeed um and no. oh boy did i wreck question on that debate there's yeah. also gonna be a game played afterwards right between you two or no um, I don't think we want to do a one-on-one. I think it'll be if we end up in a pod with someone, we'll right, both right, right. do okay. those decks. Okay. Reese, admittingly, is not a great one-on-one deck as it sure. is sitting tight. Let me just tell you, I had Kiki Jiki on the battlefield Ooh. with Girid and an Eldrazi twin. Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, now so it's just twenty and parallel lives. <laughs> now, 
<laughs> I do believe I had the game had I not allowed my Thunderfoot Bayloth to die. I had him out like third turn. Yeah. I, and I swung in. He's like, you sure you want to do that? And I was like, yeah. yeah. And he did it. And then I yeah. think I pumped it or did it was, something. It was stupid on my part. I knew he had something. This he was kind of later face. in the night too, right? So, yeah. yeah no. He had that face on where you play a card and you just he's waiting. He's like, uh-huh. Uh huh. You're gonna play it. Do it. You're gonna play it. Yeah. You don't got the grapes. You don't got the grapes to do it. I had the grapes and they all broke. And anyways, the thing that I really enjoyed about that game is because I have been a big proponent that I think adding red into the populate color pie is great. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. I think it really does help, and that's honestly what helped me overpower the tokens that Reese was generating because mine were just so much bigger Bigger, that even though he Mm -hmm. would eat some, I'd still be hitting for eight or twelve. Yeah. So that's the game that I wanted to talk about. Squee McGee, do you have a game you want to talk about? Uh, that was the main one that I wanted to talk about. It was a really good game. Uh, the third player never really got their deck going, so it was kind of like a one-on-one game yeah. for the most part. Yeah, I but, think it was the um, um, uh, Solvala Parlay. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It, oh, yeah, yeah. It, it never really took off that game, so we did have a, a almost a true one-on-one battle <laughs> that was going on. It was pretty solid. I ramped well. Uh, Mr. Combo ramped well. It was a good showing on sure. both ends. Uh, he, he, he came the out win. the victor because I let the Bayloth die. That was my bad. Never, um, never kill the Bayloth. <laughs> However, Ryan, I'm coming for you. Oh, <laughs> Ryan Garno? Oh, buddy. So we were playing a four-player game, and you know, I, I think I got second to last in the tournament. It was a, a poor showing <laughs> on my part. Uh, every game I played just didn't work out very well. I remember playing against the old Forest Day Two Wong, and well, he just wrecked. Yeah, he me, was but, he was on freaking uh, fire. We were about three quarters of the way through a game, and Ryan looks at me because he's in the best position, and he goes, "Hey, I'll make you a deal. Do you want to make a deal?" And I said, "Sure." <gasps> oh, I think I heard about. I would this. love to make a deal. So we made a deal, and the deal was: if you don't attack me this turn, I will not kill you next turn. He killed me next turn. Absolutely <laughs> killed me next turn. It proceeded to go from me. He said, yeah, we'll make a deal. I won't hit you. And then the next player played his cards, completely disregarded my deal, made a new deal with that player. And then the third player played his cards. He disregarded all of our first two deals and made a deal with the third player. And we all got wiped out. Uh, I almost had a big tuck moment. Had to go outside, I'd cool take, off for take a second, take my pants off, throw yeah. up, and come back in and get it together. But, yeah, it sounds about, uh, sounds about right. So, hey, Sheldon, do you have a game here recently that you'd like to kind of talk about? Yeah, at the uh, last Star City Games uh, SCG Con, I had I was playing my Aminatu deck, which is basically Aminatu and demons. Nice, <laughs> nice, and, perfect. And you know, I, I try to play the demons that aren't particularly great for you because there was, you know, it's like a throwback to to demons that could hurt you. Uh, oh yeah, there are a lot of good demons these days that don't hurt you. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, I had Liliana's contract on the battlefield. Oh, oh yeah, yes. yes. I like where this is going. And I had four demons, but one of the demons was Abyssal Persecutor, which yes. which says that I can't win the game and my opponents can't and, lose. Can't lose again. Yep. Oh, I'm familiar. The other three players are like, well, you have Liliana's contract, but you have Abyssal Persecutor and only four demons. It's not like I could you know wait for the trigger and then sure, sack sure. Persecutor. I only had four demons. So they left me alone. Got to my upkeep. What about your fools? <laughs> Got to my upkeep. I'm like, Liliana's contract triggers. I'm like, sure. And then I sudden spoiling on myself. <laughs> That's amazing. I love to hear sudden spoiling on yourself. Wow. I love it. So sudden spoiling on myself for the win was uh, my most memorable recent game. Well done. That is phenomenal. I, and you I have ho- my jealousy at two yes. of the hats, sir. And, and I yes, hope that their the jaws just dropped yeah. when yeah. that happened. They're like, oh. <laughs> I would have been speechless. <laughs> <laughs> well, Big Tuck, what about a game for you that you may or may not remember? Well, 
Uh, he was a bit in the tank. Somebody had a few too many 8% New Belgiums. In and a row. moonshine. And, and, and a few others. And, yeah, and yeah. two kinds of moonshine. So uh, most of the games are kind of a blur for me. <laughs> but I will say that I'm very proud that somehow in my drunken stupor, I smooth talked my way to a second place victory? Question mark? <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. So uh, that was the highlight for my thing. And I know I was actually looking on here and I didn't see the scores tracked. I feel like I got second in every game except for one and one one. That's the best way to win, one, though. Yeah, You're consistent. Every time I was like, hey, look, I'll take second. I'll, let's, what we can figure out here. Don't kill me and first. That's, and like, literally, that strategy worked from game one through the end of it. Yeah, I will actually say I was in one of those games and I made Big Tuck a deal to where it's like, hey, I'll kill you last. Right. And I'll just I'll just get this wrapped up. And he was like, cool. And, you know, the most terrible thing is that me and him were in another game and he got to pick who got second and he didn't give it to me. Rough. <laughs> Rough. Hey, I'm well, sorry. That was the deal I made with Ryan, too. I was supposed to get second and I got fourth. And I even brought up the I gave you second place. And you're like, meh. <laughs> you know, to be fair, you were playing Lavinia, and that deck's the worst. So the, if, if I kill you, the game can actually end. But it was it was forest. I had to play some sort of lockdown. Ooh, anyway, true. but yes, it was it was a really good time overall. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, that was forty life in a dash, and so the winner of the November Sir Gwyn Brawl turned EDH deck is drumroll, peas Nick Bundy. So at Nick. S.E. Bundy on Twitter. Uh, please reach out to uh, myself at Mr. Combo number five for your address and stuff. So you'll be getting that brawl deck. Plus, you'll be getting a uh, card from both Big Tuck and myself. And hopefully, you'll find a good home for it. So congratulations. Thanks for being a supporter of the podcast and the website. Uh, and guys, you know what? These, these giveaways are real. And uh, be sure to retweet, follow, subscribe, do all the stuff so you have a chance to win a uh, Big Tuck EDH deck in the month of December. Now to cover what's going on in your local multiverse, what's the plane chase? Today with our extremely special guest, we thought instead of doing a round robin on a topic, new product that's getting announced or anything like that, we would kind of get his thoughts and opinions on EDH throughout history. But no, we're not going to do another, hey, how did it get started? Uh, I did ask and Sheldon was like, uh, I'd rather pass. Uh, so we thought of, you know, how can we make this different? How can I'd we possibly make tight. this a little bit, yeah, a little bit more fun? So we thought about how when Watsi introduces new mechanics, card types, maybe a rule change, how do the rules committee and Sheldon kind of feel like that affected the health of EDH positively, negatively, maybe how it completely changed archetypes and how, you know, we've kind of mentioned in past brews and builds with me and Big Tuck about uh, battle cruiser styles that it maybe alter it. So today be focusing on planeswalkers, partner legends, infect and cards that kind of break the singleton rule, or I should say the rule of four, like persistent petitioners. So, uh, Sheldon, to kind of start off, let's start talking about Planeswalkers. They kind of first came about in 2007 with the Loren 5. That was Ajani, Jace, Lily, Chandra, and Garouk. Uh, you know, EDH had been around for a decade no, prior to that. No, not, not any place close. Three years, four years at the most. So that's one thing that me and Big Tuck got in a debate on Suck in it. the last <laughs> news thing, because we had looked up some article Big that had gotten written like back in 1994 or 1995 that was the Elder this, Dragon Singleton or something yeah, like that. Right? Something yeah, something like that. It was a thing and from Duelist Magazine. 
And my and see, and there I told him that it was in the early 2000s yep. when the Elder Dragons started getting reprinted. Mm -hmm. It was the early 2000s, and I think the guy that was in my gaming group who sort of introduced it to the rest of us drew from that Duelist Magazine article. It was like Duelist Magazine ah, gotcha. number four. And then um, it's like, oh, here's this thing I found. And then, to make a long story short, put it in my hands, yes. and here we are. So, Settled. But that was, but that was before. So, so when Planeswalkers got introduced a few years yeah, after a few years you later, guys kind of what'd you think? Did this? Yeah. So how did that? How, you know, what were your guys' thoughts and opinions on how that kind of impacted EDH? I, I, I think actually in the beginning it was zero. Really? Wow. Yeah. yeah uh, in the beginning, I think that initially they're like, oh, they're a new card type that this. It certainly was an era that Wizards of the Coast R&D didn't consult us on anything. You sure. know, the format was not as wildly popular as it is now. We were four years away from uh, them making Commander product. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, there, it was like, okay, it's a cool new card type. Had a, definitely you know an impact on other formats. But I really didn't see much for Commander. In the intervening 10 or 12 years, obviously we have, because they've mm -hmm. printed more and more and more and more and more. <laughs> <laughs> and then they made an entire set that was just that. Yeah, I mean... Because now there's, like, Planeswalkers that can be commanders, and there's Planeswalkers that are more broken for commander than other things. Do you feel like, overall, it's been more of a healthy addition? Or do you think it's led to games slowing down? What were your kind of thoughts in, this, in terms of... This can be your commander is fine for the format. We, mm -hmm. we did get a phone call on that. Oh, cool. Scott was visiting... I think Toby was here too. Scott's like, can we get on a conference call with the folks back in the office? I'm like, sure. And they were talking about making the monocolor Planeswalkers yep, Commander. Sure. Mm -hmm. And we're like, yeah, seems okay. Not going to break. I think a great set no, pretty much across the board, right? Yeah, not going to not gonna break anything. Yeah, I think the set was really good. Not going to break anything. Planeswalkers as Commander is something I'd be really careful with. Sure. You know, coming out of the command zone changes the nature of anything. And yep. the question got floated in the beginning. Okay, we're going to do this, but what do you think about all planeswalkers as commanders and the RC was and still is clearly four to zero against all planeswalkers as commanders. Nice. Yep. Yeah, I would agree with that. And you know, I ran Fraley's as my very first commander deck that I ever had. That mm -hmm. was a precon that yep. I bought, and I eventually turned that into a Reese the Redeem deck. But uh, it was really cool to see that because when I came back into Magic at the time, I was learning Commander, which was a newer format that I hadn't really played. I'd played older sets like yep. Type Two and things like that. And when I came into Commander with a whole new rule set there, and then I came in and they had Planeswalkers, which is a whole new type of card, it really grabbed my interest, and it got me into Commander a little bit more than if it was just the standard set of cards that mm -hmm. I had been used to. So I I thought that was really cool. I liked having Fraley's out there. I don't think it broke the game at all, because you know I don't even run her as my Commander anymore, but right. she was effective at that, so I think it's a really cool addition. What did you think about when they updated all the Planeswalkers to being legendary? That's fine. It made... Okay. Made perfect sense. If uh, yeah, if they had made planeswalkers originally, they would have been legendary. So uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I'm I'm sad that it was a lot of work for somebody coding Magic Online. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, you know, the one thing I'm kind of curious about that I was not a fan of, and I think it was maybe right around the time that they made all planeswalkers legendary, is they got rid of the singleton rule to where if you had two different Chandras initially, you could only keep one. Because mm -hmm. a planeswalker is supposed to be this traveling entity that could only exist through space and time yeah, itself, space and time and everything. <laughs> but now you can have double Chandras or double Teferis out there, and that's totally okay. Right. Did you think that made any impact to the format at all, or did it go one way or the other? No, I, not particularly. I mean, it, it's consistent. Okay. It's consistent with the legendary rule. Mm -hmm. You know, you you can have um, a Sharoom, and I can have a Sharoom. 
which is fine. That's so, fair, right? Or yeah. you can have two tools, like they just reprinted Tools Mirror, so you can have two of them, right? You yeah. Know? Yeah, I guess that makes sense. All right. Next topic we want to talk about, and I know this is going to be a heated one, is Partner Legends. This debuted mm. in uh, Commander 2016 sets uh, to where it was just partner, and they could partner with anyone, and it has evol- evolved with Battle Bond yep. to be partner with, yep. and they can only be with certain ones. Uh, what, are, what are you and the RC's kind of thoughts around that? This was definitely one that we got a phone call on. Uh, they had started looping us into design and development at that point. Uh, I think maybe that was Scott's. Scott's been on five design teams. You know, it's it's easy. He works in the building on a different floor. So, yep. uh, you know, <laughs> easy enough. <laughs> so it's not like, you know, it wasn't like me who had to fly out there for two months and, and, you know, work on a team. When that came up again, Scott and Toby were at the house and we got on a phone call. And the big thing was this is a really cool mechanic. This is an extremely cool mechanic. Uh, mm-hmm. It opens. We, we saw immediately it was going to open the door to play four color commanders. Yeah. Um, yeah. And our advice was be very careful because sure. you can't make any of the individual partners too strong. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because like I said earlier, coming out of the command zone changes everything. They having the card freely available or now having two cards freely available changes a lot of math. Mm-hmm. And uh, individual partners being too strong uh, it can really tilt things. I mean, if, if you ask CDH players, they're, you know, they're going to tell you exactly what they think about that because there's a pair that they're just playing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mr. Yeah. Co- Mr. Combo is probably familiar with that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I just had to adjust that four-color pairing when yeah. a certain banning happened. Uh, I've been to a few Magic Fest now, and I'm going to Magic Fest OKC. I think when this airs, it'll be the coming weekend or the weekend after. And I've had people that want to sit down and play CEDH. Even though I like playing competitive, I don't like doing full-blown CEDH, but I was like, I should at least make a or deck. A deck so if someone wants to do it, that's fine. I don't care. So I know exactly the pair you're talking about, which kind of leads into my question. So you guys definitely consulted from a don't make an individual too strong. Do you think maybe it was an oversight since they could partner with any of them where a single ability is good? Well, we won't say strong. We'll say good. But when you pair it with opposite colors or other colors that it doesn't have, then it kind of makes right. it broken, which I think the ones that we're alluding to from a CEDH crowd, I think either one of those guys, they're good as an individual commander or partnered with someone. But right. then together getting that color combination, that's where it just makes it very sure. difficult to deal with well the math gets crazy with the number of possibilities you know you only sure you know when you have 16 or 20 partner commanders or you know how many ever <laughs> we have yeah you know, there that makes a million combinations or something uh, i'll have to get my wife to check the math there for me <laughs> um I, I i'm not sure if everybody knows how things internally work in r&d but there's a, a vision team and then there's a design team. So the vision team does sort of does the creative and then the design team, the play design team, makes sure that everything works. There aren't enough game designers in the world to try out all the possibilities. Sure. So, sure, yeah. so the play design people have to look at a card and they're just not going to have a chance to test it with all other 22 partners or whatever, mm-hmm. right? They're going to have to use their experience. And I don't really actually think there are any broken partners at the moment. Frasios and Timna are strong for CDH. Uh, mm-hmm. They haven't busted anything for the core demographic, I don't think. So the play design folks and the, you know, the, the people who are responsible for making sure that stuff doesn't get too broken out of the box have done a really, really good job of keeping things in line so far. I'm a bigger fan of partners with because yeah, because sure. then you know you can't break it. 
Well, and I also yeah. like that because they're like the individual partners are weaker when they're not in the command zone, yes. except for a few of them. But partners with lets you have that flexibility of keeping them in the command zone, or they're still really good in the ninety nine. Yep, because yeah. they can go like effectively. Correct. It's a it's another draw. So, do you think that they're going to make another partner or more partner widths, like or both, or do you think that that ship sailed? It's actually a question I can't answer. Fair enough. <laughs> ah, I think that's there an answer go. right there. Uh, maybe. Uh, so actually, and before we kind of migrate down to Infect, I'm kind of curious just from an RC's perspective with the partner with, because I know technically you can't have just one of them in the command zone and the other in the 99 because they're always different colors. Mm-hmm. Right. Is that something that maybe you guys have ever considered letting break that color identity rule with the partner with to where, okay, if you're running both of these partners you know, you can have just one of the commands that if one wants it in the 99. I know that's kind of a weird, yeah, probably that's a cool question, though, yeah. like, small segment. For the Gorm the Great and Virtus the Veiled deck I built, like that, yeah. I could see myself using it possibly either way. So right, I, yeah. I do think that's cool. Uh, no. Yeah. Okay. I kind of figured that out. <laughs> so, uh, all right. The next one's going to be Infect. This got introduced around 2010. And guys, if you aren't familiar, if you get poison or infect counters, once you get up to 11 in any format, you immediately lose the game. You, 10. 10. Yeah, Sorry, 10. 10. Yeah. So when this got introduced, how did you and the rules committee definitely pursue it? Because obviously, commander having forty life, twenty one command damage. I know they're trying for the hordes exist. Trying for the hordes, <laughs> we talked uh, about multiple times. Uh, yeah. Yeah. it doesn't matter. Ten, you know, people's like, well, the double life total. We should double the. In fact, we believe functionally it doesn't matter that ten and twenty poison are basically the same, or fifteen, I guess, would be the might go to one hit or two hits from. Uh, Blightscale Colossus <laughs> are the same. <laughs> awesome. Infect isn't good enough. I mean, I think w- one of the things that we've considered is Infect just isn't good enough to upset the format so much. Yeah, you can probably get one person easy and early, but that's generally about it. Uh, our, yeah. our impression is, unless you're, you know, unless you're triumphs of the hoarding with Sure. Uh, you know, with the overrun and stuff, you're killing everybody. But by the time you've gotten rid of one person, uh, the other two are ganging up on you enough and you haven't done any damage to them. Yeah, right. yeah, that's fair. Have you felt this way? And have actually all of you guys felt this way since it got introduced? Or was there a period when, oh, gosh, you know, either Wizards calls you or the development team or even you just saw the set got released and Scars was like, hey, we're introducing this new thing called Infect. Yeah. Was there ever this little bit of panic of, oh, God, t- 10 damage and they're just dead or have you guys always kind of felt like this is a really irrelevant to our format yeah the latter i i okay yeah we did we've never been panicky about it Uh, i think you made a good point too because say for example if you made it 20 damage in a game i don't think anybody's going to run triumph of the horns anymore for the most part correct yeah there's no way that you could wipe a board out like that you got to trample well, through with 60. And, so. and to that point, like Triumph of the Hordes is just a better, is situationally better than like an overrun or overwhelming yeah. stampede, right? Yep. So like, it's just another tool in the toolbox. The only thing I think that, the only thing where in fact it's like tricky is with like Saskia and Atraxa. Because those things are yeah. so, are just like, especially, especially, yeah, yeah, for sure. And like, especially Saskia because it's dealing out of the command zone, it's dealing damage to multiple places. Mm-hmm. It can get a little bit there, but again, you're still like a Glistener Elf is not going to cut it in this format, right? Yeah. <laughs> like it would in other ones. Well, the last one that we want to talk about, guys, is the Singleton rule. Obviously, we all are big yep. fans of EDH. Outside of basic lands, traditionally, you can only have one of each card in your deck or in the command zone. Well, uh, this got introduced with Relentless Rats in 2004 to where you could have any number of cards in the deck and has even progressed to recently 
recently with Seven Dwarves. You can add yeah. the seven copies of the Seven Dwarves. So, uh, you know, what have you guys' thoughts been on these cards that initially just break the initial rule of Commander of you may only have one? Uh, we thought they were cool. Uh, you know, yeah. they're, fine again, they're, none of them are a threat to the health of the format. And that's our primary concern. When we when we sure. look at a card and evaluate a, a mechanic or something, we look at it in, how is this going to impact the bigger picture? And if somebody builds this really cool Relentless Rats thrumming stone deck, good for them. And, you know, format, <laughs> Commander, Commander's the only really, really the only format where that can happen in the first place. Right. So do you, give, give them, do you the, have give a, them a chance to do it. Do you have a favorite one of the ones that have been printed? Because we have Shadowborn Apostles, Rat Colony... Relentless, uh, rats. relentless rats and uh, persistent petitioners, petitioners and sort of seven dwarves. Yeah, yeah, relentless so, rats. Um, you think that's the best yeah, or just I the mean, most fun? Yeah, because just I mean, name alone, it's great. Uh, there's a there's a cool commander. You know, there's Marinar that you can uh, have yeah. a commander. So it's all feeny and everything. So yeah, relentless rats is easily my answer there. Nice. Yeah, my friend, friend of the show, Tice, drink. <laughs> yeah, uh, take one. He has. He only has like three decks, and one of them he has a Damia. I can't remember the last name, but the Sage of Stone. Geez. Yeah, that one. So he has that for his relentless rats and. The green and the blue helped so much with control, and there's like a bunch of cards that. And again, it's not like super unfair or anything. It's yeah. like a fun deck, and when he goes off, you're like, "Oh, that's adorable!" You have <laughs> 45 rats, and you're just gonna dome me for 500. Like, good job. Yeah, GGs. Uh, yeah, exactly. So you know, we talk about like how, and I would agree, like most of them are not broken. And like initially, I would have argued that Persistent Partitioners is pretty broken, but then once Paradox Engine got banned, yeah, that really that kind that of hurt. made that a lot more fair because you could just mill someone out with Thrumming Stone just on the spot mm -hmm. but i would kind of say you know shadowborn apostles when that one gets going that one seems to be pretty oppressive and it's kind of hard to stop you do that and you know uh athreos you know i know josh has one of those and it's, it's just it seems like every athreos shadowborn apostle deck i see is the exact same one it's the exact yeah. same one and it's just filthy and you really can't deal with it um has that ever been one that on your guys's mind is like you know what you know with it having more than the single copy it seems to be a little broken not in the least i'm reasonably sure that the RC and the extended RC keg have never had a conversation about it. Cool, guys. Well, that's going to wrap up with What's the Plane Chase? Now in this last segment, Squee dives into those creative juices with the weather Report. Welcome back to the Weatherlight Report. Coming to you live from Weatherlight Chopper 4. I'm Squee McGee. Today we're getting sultry with some sultai. We're Ooh. talking Rayami, first of the fallen. From 2019, pretty new commander. Oh, this is the is. vampire one, right? Absolutely. Yeah, this one's cool. He's dirt cheap, so for only one George Washington and a penny, you can get <laughs> your very own, and that is Mr. Combo Approved Foil Edition. Whoa! Yeah, absolutely. And, but wait, there's more. If you act in exile, you also get flying, first strike, double strike, death touch, haste, hexproof, indestructible, lifelink, menace, protection, reach, <laughs> trample, and vigilance. Woo, I, think, I think they missed it. a few mechanics on <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I don't see Skulk. Uh, I, I don't see, yeah, I don't see Intimidate. What the hell is going on here? Oh, man. So this card is great. I uh, I came across this, and for only a dollar for the foil edition and all of those abilities, Josh, we're talking to you. It's going to be a bit of a Voltron deck. Ew. Yep. The rest of the card reads, too. It's a colorless and soul tie for a 5-4 mm -hmm. legendary creature vampire. If a non-token creature would die... Exile that card with a blood counter on it instead, and then each card exiled with a blood counter. If they have that, 
evergreen ability. So does this guy here. And, and it's great because even if he gets removed from the game and he comes back out, right. there's still exile with blood counter. So he's right. still going to get those effects. Which, uh, which, which is weird because this was, I know like they have to do this, but this was pre-packaged with the morph deck. Yeah. And this deck and that deck is not good. Right. <laughs> this yeah. card and that deck is, doesn't, make, yeah, any that doesn't make any sense. That's not the way that I would take this deck. You know, I, I figure you're going to put in some sack outlets in yeah. there. You're going to get a bunch of creatures that have amazing abilities. And the best part about all these creatures is you get a bunch of one, two, and three drops that have multiple abilities that are going to beef up your commander. They're not expensive. You don't feel bad right. about sacking them. If you have the right outlets, you're going to get cool abilities off those sacks as well. Uh, so I wanted to pick up a little bit off of Big Tuck's budget corner. I'm going to switch it Ooh. up here and go on to Big Squeeze budget corner. Love it. It's going to be a creature extravaganza today. So the first card I want to talk about is extremely cheap for reasons I do not understand. It's Beast Caller Savant. This oh, card yeah. is amazing. So I only bring this up because it's 33 cents, and it has to be, in my opinion, one of the most effective green ramp cards in Commander, just across the board. So for those playing the home game, oh, it's yeah. a 1-1 one, one Elf Shaman Ally. If you're looking for tribal, you got a few to work with there. <laughs> this is one of the best allies <laughs> in my deck. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, it only runs you a colorless and a green, and he reads haste, tap, add one mana of any color to your mana pool, spend this mana only to play a creature spell. For 33 cents, what yeah. goes wrong here? Well, and then I think, and, and unfortunately my laptop's about to die, so I had to turn off the Weefies, but uh, I think haste is one of those evergreen abilities that the vampire can take. Yes, correct? it is. Yep. So, yes, you're getting a two-mana, just mana dork out there. It's good for the early game, but then late game, when it probably dies, you exile it with the blood counter, and hey, now your commander has haste. Yeah, it's awesome. Seems, seems pretty good. Oh, I think he's really cool, and, you know, the two-mana up front, really, he gives you one mana back. Right, yeah. If you're playing this type of deck, all you're playing for the most part are going to be creatures, so at the yeah. restriction on playing only creatures is pretty solid there. I know, I don't uh, see this a, I don't see this a lot. And, I, I just well, I mean, got one for Mr. Combo and put it in my restack because it's so yeah. very relevant. Or like your and too, since you can tap him, in there. Yeah. the turn he comes down, you can tap right. him for a mana. So, I mean, he, he's constant value and at a third of a dollar. I, don't, yeah, I, just, it's I really don't understand compared to a lot of the other ramp cards out there that are a lot more expensive. Yeah, well, you know, I think it's just the restriction with uh, the creature spells. Sure, sure. Yeah. You know, it, it could be like, oh, if I want to get this down turn two and brainstorm, I can't. You can't I right. can't get the soul ring down with it. I can't get a signet down. Uh, but if you're going to run a creature heavy deck, then it should be in yeah. probably every single creature deck you have. Um, you know, Sheldon is Beast Caller Savant one that you run in many of your creature decks just because of the versatility of add the any color. I don't actually. I'm a big believer that when you're in green, that mana dorks are the second best option and ramping into lands is better. Um, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Creatures get blown up with pretty extreme yeah, regularity in my games. So I'd rather have, I, you know, I'd, I'd rather have the Farhaven Elf get me a land uh, sure. that's, that's going to stay around. It's yeah. kind of funny because that your comment actually plays into the next card I have oh, what really, is it? really well. So uh, next card I have is called Blackblade Reforged. Yep. <laughs> it's a legendary equipment for two that reads, Equipped creature gets plus one, plus one for each land you control. Oh, that's so good. Equip <laughs> legendary <laughs> creature only costs you two, and equip to anything else costs you seven. I'm surprised at how cheap that card is. Me as honest. well. Yeah. That's why I put it in here, because yeah. it's, what, running under a dollar, I believe. Yeah. And to get 
plus one, plus one for every land you have out on your commander as a Voltron swinging in with all the abilities we're talking about. It's gross. Yeah, I, I run that, Sheldon, in my Sisse Weatherlight Captain deck, which is supposed to be God Tribal, but I was like, I need at least some way to kind of close out the game if all the gods are just legendary enchantments. Uh-huh. Uh, and so you throw that in there, and man, you start swinging in for 14 command damage. Yeah, it's, kind of have to take it's notice. Bonkers. It's really nasty, and it's really not very expensive to play itself. Mm. I mean, yeah, so as, five, as long as you put it on the legendary thing. Correct. And right. Yeah, I mean, that's situational, and you still have the option to play it on something else for seven. I, yeah. I can't foresee myself ever doing that. Plus, yeah. the sweet new version uh, with that really cool art by Richard Kane Ferguson is just as cheap as the normal one. Yeah, yeah. Sp- which I think the, the newer book. version's way better. Yeah, oh, yeah I yeah. agree, yeah. Yeah, the Gideon Spellbook is super sweet. Yeah, I, I, I love this card. I think it fits this deck perfectly, or really any Voltron deck mm-hmm. for that matter, if you're going to be running your commander as command damage. Do you, do you run this in your decks, Sheldon? Uh, I believe I do. I oh man, if I only had an online tool which helped yeah, me some, sort, some, sort of, quickly. some sort of database where you could just some pull it up and see data. exactly those what don't exist. Yeah. Call this Al Gore. Let's get those tubes. Let's send the data through the tubes. Just watch 2020 comes around and we go right back to the 1920s. All technology fails. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the the third card I wanted to talk about is another creature. It is Skylasher. So it's a two two insect creature for a colorless and a green, and it reads flash. Skylasher can't be countered. Reach protection from blue. Okay. <laughs> it's amazing. So you can use this, flash him in. People think they're going to swing through with their flyer and do a lot of damage. Yeah. You can use that to block him as soon as he dies. He goes into exile. Your commander then gets protection from blue as well as reach. I think he just gets flying. He doesn't get protection, does he? Doesn't get... I don't... No, no, no. Protection is written in that What that list. is it? It doesn't specify color, so any protection counts Whoa. towards the commander. <laughs> that That's way broken. better than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> That seems real good. Yep. Oh, let's just... Uh, oh, God, he put all the creatures that have protection from... Exactly. And there's a bunch of one and two drops that are dirt cheap that you can put in oh there so you can get protection. God. There's also protection Pro- from multicolored, which is another thing that's written on I didn't know. I cards. totally missed that the first time around because that's, yeah. like, that's the worst thing about Odric is the protection doesn't help you at all. Right. So, damn. <laughs> this, this throws that in there. I, thought, so yeah, I was in the same thing. Now, not like, only are you ruining somebody's attack phase by flashing this guy in and blocking him, he immediately dies. Then you get reach and protection from blue with your commander. Yeah. Ooh, if, if I didn't already have my uh, Yarrock Soltai deck, that would be fun to build yeah. around. And as a two drop in green, people aren't going to be looking out for you to be playing right, to a weird instant that's going to yeah, be dropping yeah. outside of fog or something like that maybe but wow no that's well uh, done well done pretty pretty neat and i believe what is his card cost i think he uh he's a 20 cents yeah that's that sounds about right that sounds and you can get right. a foil for two penny or Ooh. sorry two quarters that is mr combo approved have you, ever, 50 have you ever seen this in a deck sheldon i never have absolutely not i mean I, wow <laughs> yeah i love it i did it I did it i played what we were hoping for. back in the day but yeah i don't think i've oh, ever man. seen sky last year in a deck he's so cheap and i think that this deck is prone to using cheap weird drops yeah yeah either one ones or two two creatures but they have the abilities uh so the last one i wanted to talk about you probably heard of is leyline prowler it is a Uh two three nightmare beast for one colorless a green and a black it reads death touch lifelink and then tap add a man of any color to your mana just everything you want (laughs) i I just played against one of those in arena the other day uh, when i was doing standard i i mean i death sprouted it oh there you go (laughs) i mean in in the right situation here even if you can't sack him or if you don't have your commander out he's still tapping for any color of mana to help you play your cards get your commander onto the board yeah then he adds death touch and lifelink into your commander as a voltron 
So every time you dome somebody, you're gaining mm -hmm. a ton of yeah, life, and I, nobody really I, wants to attack you. I would definitely say, obviously, this is going to be a creature-heavy deck. I'd probably say 35 creatures at a mm -hmm. minimum. Oh, for I sure. I would say, out of those 35, if you could have 10 of them that are dorks, that have another evergreen right. ability that's just better. There are yeah, a yeah. lot of dorks that have two to three evergreen abilities. There's a black one I didn't good. put in here. It was a common. It was a two drop that was like a one one, and it had flying, haste, and lifelink or something along. Oh the line. yeah, the, there's, there's a bunch of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a ton of them out there, so you can just dork people in, sack them out, say like a an astronaut's altar or something, yeah. build up your mana base. And, and I think I have one of these with your name on it if you want it. So cool. yeah, I mean this deck, I think you could build this pretty legitimately for under. $75 conservatively. Yeah. Especially yeah. For, for a buck there. Yeah, yeah. so uh, that, that's all I had on this. Uh, I'm curious any final thoughts anybody has on it. I think this one has more potential really than anything. Way more than I thought up front. Possibly, yeah. I, this is my favorite deck that I put together other than I think Kokoshu. Kokoshu was cool, yeah. I think this would be a little more fun than Gorm the Great and Virtus. Mm -hmm. I need to flesh that one out a little bit more, but... For for how little this costs, yeah. there's yeah. so much. Now fun that stuff we now that me it. and Big Tuck realize that this thing actually has protection from and it just gets whatever. Yeah. Uh, I think this could be a legitimate Voltron option. Right. You just have to build it the yeah. right way. Yeah. And he only costs four mana to dump out of the command yeah. zone, so it's really not that expensive. You can run pretty dang quick in this deck. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, I like. I it. like that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> good job. Good job, Squeak. Good pulls. Yeah. So that's all I had. I want to kick it back to the Action Four News Desk with Mr. Combo, Big Tuck, and. Sheldon. Thank you for staying with us. And as always, remember the great giveaways from CMD Tower and our sponsor, Level 1 Gaming, by retweeting, subscribing, following, liking, and sharing. Without your support, uh, we probably wouldn't be talking to Sheldon right now. We'd just uh, be here. So uh, <laughs> you can just stay in touch with your MTG Action 4 News team by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and our website, cmtdower.com. You can communicate directly with everyone on this episode at CMD Tower, at Mr. Combo Number 5, all spelled out except for the five, at Deer Squee, at Sheldon Minery, and maybe in the future, Big Tuck can finally migrate from using Google Hangouts. Hey, -oh! I'm sorry, no one uses it. Quit trying to make it work. Uh, it will, it's got to come back. 2020, year of the hangout. <laughs> from your MTG Action 4 News team, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.